The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer, 98.9 Columbus, 94.5 Dayton, the... Verdict is in in the Michael Sussman trial. The former Democratic operative, he's probably still a Democratic operative, former Hillary Clinton lawyer, has been found not guilty. Not guilty. Uh, not a surprise, but um, why I say not a surprise, not because I don't think he's guilty. I think he absolutely positively lied to the FBI and did so to give cover to the Hillary Clinton campaign floating a story to the New York Times and other news sources, that Donald Trump was a Russian operative prior to the 2016 election. See, they were aiming for an October surprise and just feeding a whisper-whisper story to the New York Times and others. Hey, 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 Trump has ties to Alpha Bank. Alpha Bank has ties to Russia. Ergo, Trump has ties to Russia. Can't afford to vote Donald Trump president. That was the whole campaign strategy. It's uh, a dirty part of politics, but it's the Clintons. So, you know. That's the white glove treatment, according to Clintons. If you're not going to end up dead, you know, what are you complaining about? Right, Vince Foster? Uh, So, Michael Sussman goes into the FBI to talk to James Baker. And they meet for 30 minutes. And Sussman's like, you know, I am very concerned that I think uh, Donald Trump may have ties to Alpha Bank, which is, uh, of course, a uh, Russian operative. Now, I don't know about you, but, I mean, that seems like a pretty important topic to me. And they didn't take any notes. James Baker didn't take any notes. Like, I don't know, if somebody's coming to me with details about a guy running for president the following month, having ties to a Russian bank, I'm not relying on my photographic memory. Are you like me when the waiter doesn't take your order down in writing? You go, well, I ordered the steak, but I'm getting the chicken parm because people's memories fail them. Old James Baker must have a photographic memory. He didn't take any notes. Odd. Michael Sussman contended, and the jury bought it, that he was just, he was, he was not working for the Clinton campaign. Pish posh. No, I'm just, I'm coming in as a private concerned citizen funny he billed the clinton campaign three hours for his meeting with james baker took a half hour by the way (laughs) i mean you know not gonna be much of a washington lawyer if you actually bill what you put down so uh sussman walks away and the double standard continues hillary walked away scot-free from the email server fiasco from smashing her phone when the feds wanted to get a look at it. Bleach bit. Remember that? Her stock went soaring. Hillary used it. It must be good for hiding incriminating information. So the thought in advance, why do I say I'm not surprised? A, like the Clintons have a way. (laughs) Funny. Why would anybody be scared about crossing the Clintons? Fill in the blanks for yourself. But the judge was seen as very friendly towards Sussman, and a couple of the jurors were also seen as very friendly towards Sussman. So, 
Sussman walks free. Now, what will this do to the Durham investigation? Will John Durham's investigation go away? Will John Durham's investigation continue? Don't know. But, uh, well, this will be a day where MSNBC and CNN and all the other major networks will crow about Michael Sussman's exoneration. And this will be seen by them and parroted by them as, you know, a call to arms that we double down, like Merrick Garland said over the weekend in a graduation speech in the Northeast, that the January 6th insurrectionists are the real threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could all see the republic go away because a bunch of rubes got out of hand and followed people into the Capitol who who unlawfully broke their way into the Capitol. They should be arrested. But the people who just wandered in to take a selfie, I don't live in fear of them taking away my liberty. But they're still in jail because, you know, Merrick Garland, extremism, and all of that. Uh, We have a doctor at the Mayo Clinic named Michael Joyner weighing in on the competitive advantage enjoyed by University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas. He says that testosterone is the 800-pound gorilla, which gives biological men an advantage. Reading that sentence... While it is unhinged, I will predict, I will predict that Michael Joyner will be diminished because he used the term 800-pound gorilla, which someone will say indicates he is racist. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. It's my prediction. And another doctor, a physiologist, Ross Tucker, says Leah Thomas has an advantage despite taking hormone suppressant therapy. Uh, Not surprisingly, Leah Thomas disagreed. Leah Thomas in Leah Thomas's first interview, because I refuse to use pronouns that uh, apply to Leah Thomas only in Leah Thomas's fantasies, not in any basis, in fact. Leah Thomas on Good Morning America today. Scrutiny against me if I... Uh, competed as a woman. Um, I was prepared for that, but I also don't need anybody. I got to stop Leah Thomas right there because I want you to hear that again. I want you to hear that again because Leah Thomas just said something that I think is transphobic. Listen closely. I knew there would be scrutiny against me if I uh, competed as a woman. Um, I was prepared for that, but I also don't need anybody's permission. I knew there would be scrutiny against me if I competed as a woman. Well, doesn't the left say that trans women are women? Trans women are women, right? I mean, we're told that all the time. Trans women are women. Leah Thomas is a a trans woman. So why would Leah Thomas say, I knew I would be scrutinized if I competed as a woman? Does Leah Thomas not believe that Leah Thomas is a woman? I think so. 
I think Leah Thomas knows Leah Thomas is not a woman. Leah Thomas is transgender. Leah Thomas has a mental disconnect between Will Thomas's biological reality and Leah Thomas's cognitive recognition of that biological reality. But it's very interesting that Leah Thomas says, I knew I would be scrutinized if I competed as a woman. You know, I've covered, I've been blessed in my uh, sports writing and uh, commentary career to cover many, many amazing female athletes. I've never heard one of them ever say anything about competing as a woman. You know where I heard kind of something like that? Years ago when Annika Sorenstam played a PGA Tour event in Texas, she talked about competing as a woman in a men's PGA Tour event. Michelle Wee has done the same. But they recognize, Michelle Wee and Annika Sorenstam, that while they are competing against men, they are not in fact men. And it sure seems to me that Leah Thomas just admitted that. Listen again. You tell me. What does she say? What is Leah Thomas saying? When Leah Thomas says, I knew I'd be scrutinized if I competed. If I competed. Competed as a woman. I knew there would be scrutiny against me if I uh, competed as a woman. Um, I was prepared for that, but I also don't need anybody's permission. No, you don't need anyone's permission to grow your hair out and contend you are a woman. But you do need permission to compete as a female, which you decidedly are not. See, all levels of competition have standards of competition. Um, Kids graduate from high school. They're no longer allowed to play high school sports. They need permission to compete in high school sports. People who exhaust their eligibility in college sometimes get an additional year of college competition because they've been injured and they've lost a year to injury. That's called a medical redshirt. But in order to get clearance to play, they have to get, there's that word again, permission from the NCAA that it's okay to compete. So you can be who you want to be, but you do need permission to compete. I would appreciate tomorrow your prayers. Uh, Tomorrow, I will tell you in advance, the program will be on tape. Uh, At this hour tomorrow, I will be part of a panel, uh, which was not my intention when I reached out to the Columbus Metropolitan Club last week to advocate for the inclusion of Linda Harvey of Mission America on their panel that they're having tomorrow with business leaders and a lot of successful people who go to the Metropolitan Club luncheons. The topic will be House Bill 616. 
that is not how House Bill 616 is referred to on this particular program uh, that we will be discussing tomorrow. But House Bill 616 has been mislabeled by its opponents who have been given free reign to demonize House Bill 616 in the Columbus Dispatch. So I'll be appearing tomorrow as someone who supports the general framework of House Bill 616. I am sure that um, I will be outnumbered on this panel because the only other person on this panel who I think shares my opinion of support for House Bill 616 is Troy McIntosh of the Center for Christian Virtue. Uh, The other uh, viewpoints tomorrow will be expressed by Scott DeMauro of the uh, Teachers Union, by someone with Equality Ohio, which is advocating for protected class status for the LGBTQIA plus movement, and by Denzel Porteous. Mr. Porteous is the head of uh, Stonewall Columbus, which is a uh, a gay organization, a gay rights organization. I'm I want to make sure I, I'm I'm not trying. I he's you know he's on the other side of this particular issue. I'm sure I've seen him quoted. In the dispatch and the moderator, uh, which is uh, humorous, <laughs> is Anna Staver of the Columbus Dispatch, who if you go to the dispatch website and you Google her and her reporting on House Bill 616, you will find out she is decidedly not moderate on this issue. So tomorrow, because the luncheon is at noon, I will not be here in my chair uh, live. But I felt like it was important to participate in the panel because I felt like Troy McIntosh was going to be outnumbered. And I know how these panels work. I try to give everyone equal time. It goes without saying that if three, and I would argue with Anna Staver, four people are against the bill, and Troy McIntosh is the only person in the room who is for the bill, he's going to get outnumbered just in terms of time allotted four to one or three to one. So I felt like it was important to go for that reason. I appreciate the invitation from the Metropolitan Club. I think they have a genuinely, I choose to believe they have a genuinely noble desire to have a forthright discussion on the bill. And so I accepted the invitation with the approval of Linda Harvey of Mission America, who was dumped from the panel after she was extended and accepted an invitation from the Columbus Metropolitan Club. She was dumped from the panel uh, without justification, in my opinion, but the Metropolitan Club, it's their event. They can invite who they want. I'm appreciative that they've invited me, but I would have preferred they invited Linda because It appears the sole reason for Linda being taken off the panel is that she's labeled a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, I would assume that if the Southern Poverty Law Center watches this event tomorrow on YouTube or sends somebody in person, it's quite possible I'll be on their list after it too because it is pretty true that anyone who advocates for traditional marriage, and a biblical view of morality 
and authentic American history in schools and that America was not founded to be a racist country and that children should not be taught that they are inherently oppressed or oppressors, that you are therefore, in the view of the Southern Poverty Law Center, a hate group. So if that happens, okay, fine. The one thing that I have arrived at in my life after spending several decades in media and interacting with people who read my content, hear my content, is that I would never contend that when people say bad things about me, it doesn't bother me because I think everybody likes to hear people say nice things about them. But while it may bother me, it certainly doesn't stop me. And it is certainly not the Southern Poverty Law Center or any other organization is never, ever going to stop me from advocating for biblical truth, for the unique, special, and divine founding of America, the inherent goodness of the American ideal, not always lived up to, but always, always aspired to. So I would just very much, very much appreciate your prayers tomorrow and prayers for Troy McIntosh and prayers for the event, that it is an event where those who come will have open hearts, open minds, be willing to listen, be able to discern truth from error, have courage, because my reason for attending this is, of course, to advocate for the concept of a law that I believe is necessary in Ohio to establish guardrails for our students. I think guardrails are important in our society. I think limitations in our society are not inherently bad, but sometimes have utility. And I also believe that it's impossible for me and Troy McIntosh to speak to everybody in the city of Columbus. But business leaders who are shaping business practices in their businesses, if they only hear one side of an issue or if they are cowering in fear of the consequences of not taking a position that the left demands they take on all things, well, then there's no way that we can possibly see truth win in the end. So I would very much appreciate your prayers tomorrow at this time.